Welcome to One Step Better, the podcast from Works. We're tackling topics to give you insight on a practical level to help your employees thrive in your organization and to help you become one step better every day towards being the leader that you want to be. Now, let's kick it over to the Works team. Hello, everybody. This is Mike Schaefer over at Works in Patrick Accounting. Welcome to another episode of One Step Better, where we're going to help small businesses walk through some of the common issues that we're seeing out in the marketplace. Today, we're going to talk about a big one that is going on right now because of specifically COVID-19, but it's been a point of conversation really as technology has shifted over the past multiple years and you're seeing a trend take place where a lot of employers are starting to shift to a work from home, remote workforce across the board, Um, especially because of the COVID-19 pandemic that's going on uh, right now in the world. There is a lot of emphasis on work from home. There's a lot of content that's pushed out there, uh, but we're going to try to do this from a little bit of a, a different perspective than some of the stuff that we've at least that we've heard. Uh, And that is we're going to talk about some of the practical implications of work from home. We're going to talk about some of the HR uh, issues that you need to be mindful of. And so joining me today, my co-host is Greg Henderson. Greg is our HR manager here at Works. He helps a lot of small business owners and their key employees deal with HR uh, issues as a whole. Um, Greg has been with us for for a little a little bit of time now, um, developing a lot of really good stuff with our our clients. So welcome, Greg. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. So one of the things that we're seeing a lot of uh, is questions around work from home policies. Do I need to have something in the handbook? Do I need to have some type of you know formal procedure that's in place? How do I go about communicating that to employees? Um, on your end, as you're you're dealing with a lot of small businesses and their leaders on setting some of that policy stuff up, what kind of questions are you getting on the work from home uh, stuff out there? And what are some of the the common answers that you're being able to provide our our small businesses? Yeah, so it was very interesting when we first started this. Um, the free service for the COVID-19 kind of um, helping small businesses figure this new normal out in the very beginning. That wasn't really a question that we were getting a lot of. It was more day-to-day stuff. How do we fix this? How do we fix that? Now on the back end, we're getting a lot more of that. Um, And what we've kind of agreed upon uh, throughout the, the different areas that I've worked with is you have to have some type of communication already in place to help out your remote workforce. And so what I mean by that is we have to leverage technology in, in order to keep our remote workforce able to keep working. The, one of the things that we're seeing a lot of is companies that are, didn't have any type of work from home policies before are really engaging in conversations about should we? Not necessarily I have to because, uh, you know, everything is shut down or I couldn't have people in the office, stuff like that. But they're really starting to think through, is this a good strategy? Not, not just a, a forced uh, thing I had to do, but a, an actual business strategy. I read an article the other day that I think it was, um, it wasn't Amazon, but it was another big company like that, that have essentially said, I think it was Twitter. I think it was Twitter. The rest of the Twitter year. essentially said, we're going to have yep. work from home permanent. Like we're going to, this is just going to be a thing right now. Um, with that, I expect us to see a lot more HR related uh, policies, probably even legislation that's coming out um, on what it looks like to have employees that are working from home. Um, 
is, is it been the same experience in your world where you're seeing clients that are now that hadn't thought about working from home before having their workforce work from home, but now they're actually considered as part of an overall business strategy? I think possible the business strategy piece, um, because you know, you, we can go into, you know, it, it may be cost benefit for me to not have it a, a brick and mortar place anymore. And, and I can, you know, do exactly what I can do, make money, and then have that overhead completely go away. That may be a strategy piece. Um, personally, I haven't seen any of our clients kind of go that way. They're mostly concerned with, um, I've got individual employees who can't come to work because of the different areas. Can we do that? How's it, what does that look like? Um, does it make sense for those individuals, not for the mass amount of employees that they're drilling with? Um, so I'm not sure if it's gonna make sense to every business to go mass. Um, at some point, you know, HR is going to have to kind of figure that out and make sure that the the managers are training their employees the right way to maintain that engagement over virtual atmosphere from that from that point on. It, it it's going to be very difficult, uh, I think, in the in the long run to maintain a mass amount of people remote work all day long. It's definitely a shift. I mean, it, it's it's definitely a different concept than a lot of people are used to. I know one of the conversations that we had internally was uh, what it looks like to hire. Um, you know, we're here in Tennessee and we're right now in the tail end of phase two of this back to business plan. Uh, and, and you know, we, we've seen a big transition as, as from a lot of companies that were shutting down completely, not hiring, not really doing much in, inside of their own business that are starting to come out of this. And now they're starting to ramp up hiring, but in this work from home environment. Um, we talked a little bit in a previous podcast about the onboarding experience that the employee is going to have to to go through. But in a work from home environment or even a remote work environment, if I'm hiring somebody that's never going to come to the physical location, what do, what, do you, what are you talking about out there in the onboarding process for new hires specifically? What are the things that um, small business leaders need to be watchful for and, and, and really pay attention to? That's a great question. So if you talk about onboarding period, nothing's really going to change content-wise when you do onboarding virtually compared to onboard, onboarding in person. The same requirements are still going to be there. Um, the interview process may look different, but it's still the same questions that you're going to ask in person that you asked over Zoom or any kind of a virtual atmosphere. The same of questions that you should avoid in person, you should still avoid those same kind of questions virtually. Um, so what's the interesting part is, do we know the, do we have something in place already to, in order to continue to the, to the work remote force um, expectation. And what I mean by that is if we don't have some type of performance management in place, some type of mechanism to ensure that our employees are doing what they need to do on a day in and day out basis, then this rush and reactive phase of remote, of remote work is a bandaid to a broken leg. Because the, the issue is we haven't had something in place in the beginning and we can't rush to make it fit now just because we have a remote workforce. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, the I've had a couple of conversations with a variety of different people that have been struggling with figuring out this remote stuff. And, and honestly, this it's something that we have done here at Works in Patrick Accounting uh, really well. 
if, if I could just pat ourselves on the back for a little bit, we've been doing remote work or work from home work for multiple years. It's, it's a normal part of our culture. It's a num- normal part of our employee life. Uh, and, and so we, we've, we've kind of developed a, a pattern of being pretty successful at work from home. And I think it's important that, uh, that you know, small businesses out there that are looking at continuing or even starting or developing a, a remote work uh, policy, it's important that they're going to, that they need to look at their technology requirements, that their team needs to do their job. In, in our world, we're a service-based business. We deal with a lot of technology. Um, and so we look at, and we have very specific rules on, on what an employee has to be able to have in their home in order to qualify for, for working from home. And so for the small businesses out there that are struggling with or thinking through what that looks like, it's really important that they take a big picture look at what does my employee actually need from a technology standpoint to be able to do their job. What I have found in the conversations that I've had with some of my um, some friends that are in different different areas, different industries, is that they typically do that from the standpoint of what's the bare minimum, right? You know, all right, so if, if I am a, uh, let's say I'm a, I'm a baker, right? I bake cookies. This is my favorite analogy to use. <laughs> if I'm a baker, I need an oven, right? Well, there's a big difference between my oven at my house and the oven in my actual shop. And so it's not that I need an oven to do my job, it's that I need the right oven. Um, And you can extrapolate that to all types of industries. For us internally, we have very specific rules. Um, We do, everybody on our team is sitting in front of a computer for a large part of, of the day doing a lot of work. It is not enough for us to say you have to have a computer at home in order to qualify for remote work. We go into the details of specifically, you have to have multiple monitors, at least two, or one big giant uh, monitor. Um, You have to have internet, but that's not enough. You have to have a certain speed of internet. If your modem is still making the noises, that doesn't qualify, right? You have to have a certain speed of internet. You have to have a phone system that can handle our inner office calls. And so we do that through an app, um, through uh, voice over IP systems. But it's not enough just simply say, hey, you have a computer, therefore you can work from home. It is also, you need to go into the details of what does it look like to maintain that same level of productivity. Uh, And then from there, from an HR perspective, one of the things that we see a lot of people struggle with is if my employees are working from home, who is buying the equipment that they're gonna be working on? Can you talk a little bit about uh, if my employees are working from home using their own personal equipment as the employer, what type of responsibility do I have on that equipment? Do I have any, am I supposed to pay for that? What does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so there's, there's a couple of ways to kind of go about it. Um, if you're, if you have the equipment in the office and maybe you have an employee that comes and says, Hey, I need a monitor. Are you okay with letting them take their monitor out of their office to take back to their house in order to work from home better and more efficiently? That's something that you have to figure out internally. Now I can give you some great tips that says, you know, make sure we get a serial number (laughs) on that equipment, put it on the employee file. And so just in case, you know, something happens to it, then we have some type of um, accountability with that equipment. Or you can say, listen, go out and, you know, and, and do your own equipment how, however you see fit as long as you hit the, the requirements and guidelines that we put in place. I think that's the, the, I, the biggest thing for HR is in, for them to understand that there's got to be a strategy involved before we start talking about, hey, on Monday we're going to flip the switch and everybody's going to be at home. 
there's got to be a plan of action that's already been in place that we've kind of talked about exactly the guidelines that you've put place in here. We've got to have that conversation prior to just telling employees, hey, go buy a monitor from Walmart and start working on Monday. Yeah, you mentioned a, a good point. The communication gaps with remote workers uh, is extremely amplified versus having people in office. Uh, you know, it's a different it's a different relationship whenever I have an employee that is sitting, I don't know, maybe five feet from my door um, versus they're, you know, 500 miles away. Uh, it's a different relationship. That the, the ability to communicate appropriately and effectively uh, is a big deal. When for, for businesses out there that have a bunch of employees that are working from home, what does it look like to have an effective check-in or communication process? What does that look like? How can, how can they do that better? Remote work should not change the way you lead people. Leadership is not a thing, right? It's, it has to be um, a state of mind or a relationship. So just because we have something that we're kind of the new normal, and everyone's working from home, but that doesn't remove the leadership that you already have to have in place before you start working from home. And so I'm a big believer in that we have to build a a foundation of trust and transparency with our employees from the beginning. And so when something of this nature happens, then we can fall back on that and say, okay, I know what's going on with my employees because I can talk with them on, because I've talked with them on a day-to-day basis. And now that, that same conversation that used to happen one-on-one in my office can now happen in my office or in my home office and their home office with the same conversation. And so the communication is important because we've already had it laid in the, in the groundwork before we started working from home. And so I think that needs to be, I don't know, added or, or talked about is the idea that we can't rush to a new leadership. We're not we're not magically a new leader just because we're now working from home than when we're working from the office, right? So I think that needs to be talked about. I, I get the feeling that that we're, we're that people think we're going to be different people and different leaders just because we're working from home than we were from the office. And I think that's a misnomer that it's, it's kind of been perpetuated a little bit. It's the idea that, hey, I'm going to be somebody that I'm really not supposed to. Now is my chance to be this great leader. Well, we, gotta, we need to think through that a little bit more. At the same time, if that is your thought, hey, you know what, this is kind of a reset in my company, whether that's because you lost all your workers and you have to hire back different people anyway or whatever it may be, it could be an opportunity to develop yourself as a leader. Yeah, Uh, It could be an opportunity to hit reset in a positive way uh, because things are a little bit different. Uh, and, and your employees are kind of expecting things to be a little bit different. Um, I was in a workshop the other day talking about work from home stuff. And one of the consensus questions or issues that kept popping up is the idea of, of how do I make sure my employees are, are actually working when they're working from home? Uh, you know, if you go Google a bunch of work from home, like just go Google work from home software, you'll see a bunch of stuff out there that's monitoring devices and it's going to kick back um, statistics on how much time they were spending on each website or whatever it may be. Uh, and, and I know I have friends that have personally used that stuff for inside of their organizations. We don't do that here. Um, 
but it, it's interesting to have to hear that conversation because this is the same company that they didn't buy the equipment that the employee is using, uh, nor are they renting it or paying any money for it. Yet they're asking their employees to install software on uh, employee owned equipment that is employer driven, which that's an HR issue. Um, you know, you can't you can't just go and say, hey, you're going to put whatever software on your own personal computer. Anyway, the the communication piece of what you're talking about is super important. The uh, the feedback loop that is being utilized in a work from home environment, a remote work environment, has to have been there prior to. But for those organizations, that it just simply wasn't. For whatever reason, um, their employee communication was all, I'm just going to walk around the office and we're going to talk or we're going to go sit in a, in a lounge and have a, a meeting or we're going to go grab a drink and talk about whatever. It was all face-to-face, in-person interaction. And so they don't have the tools or technology or systems in place to be able to, to just make that transition as easily. What are some of the first steps that they can take in order to, to try to make a smooth transition to a remote workforce? Yeah. So the first thing, you know, and I, and, and I have to say something about that comment you just <laughs> said, right? So, I mean, I'd be very interested to see what that app looked like while they were working from their office, <laughs> if it's the same amount of hours that they're spending on Twitter sure. and all that. So, but that's beside, that's beside the point. I think you have no trust in your employees at that point. But anyway, um, so the, the idea of communication, I, there's, there's tons of out there, right? So we, we, can, we can label and name off a, a few. Internally, we use Slack, which is a really cool information for me because that shows from the beginning, there was, a, there was always a forum that it wasn't email, it wasn't on the phone, but it was this instant communication that I could jump on. And no matter who was in the office, who was in that department that I need, the Slack always give me that, that particular information to send out whoever I needed to, to kind of figure out what's going on when I first got here. And not only, you know, 90 days later, 180 days later, didn't matter. Slack was that, that stable, you know, platform that I could rely on, on, on anything I needed to rely on. So I was a normal part of our communication way before any of this hit. So I highly recommend doing something, getting some platform that's a stable, hey, this is where we go for inter-office communication. Um, and so it's, it's very simple. I mean, we do surveys off that. We do funny jokes off that. I mean, it's the idea that we're trying to grab, you know, wrap our hands around everybody, love them in a little bit, and say, listen, you're still part of the team, even though we can't re- re- really reach out and touch you and shake your hand today. And we do that via Slack uh, for a couple of reasons. But one of the primary reasons we moved to Slack was for security. So as an accounting firm and a payroll company, uh, we are constantly hit up from the bad guys trying to get information, crack into our systems uh, in a bunch of different ways. And so we have a policy here in, in our office where inner office emails are not allowed. I can't email you and say, hey, Greg, X, Y, Z, what's going on? Uh, it's all done through other other systems. And so we, we lean on Slack. The other cool thing, I like, and it's not a commercial for Slack, because <laughs> there's plenty of other solutions like out it. there, right? But uh, They're not like, a sponsor yet. They're not yet. <laughs> we should get them a sponsor on our show, right? The, um, but what, one of the things that's cool about Slack is it also gives uh, – a little um, icon that essentially is the status of the of the person. So if you're not in the office yet, you're not you're not logged in. You're gray, and so I know that gives me a little bit of knowledge to know if I send this message to Greg, he's not going to respond because he's not on Slack, uh, and so he's not logged in, or you know he's not not in the office. And so there's a little bit of instant feedback that comes with that. Slack was a great tool for us; it still is. Um, but you know Microsoft Teams can do something similar. There's plenty of chat. Yeah type stuff out there um, that can do something similar. But 
Slack was where we landed. Um, and Slack has a home, little little home icon to let you know, hey, I'm working remotely. Right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Slack is Slack has been really good for us. There's a lot of tie-ins to it, but again, until until they're a sponsor, we can't we can't plug them too hard. On the you know the 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 thing that keeps popping up, we, I mentioned earlier is the the product. How do you measure product productivity? I find it interesting that people are beginning to ask that question in a work from home environment that have never asked that question before. Why is it important to measure the productivity of my work from home employee when it wasn't important <laughs> to, ma- to, to measure the productivity of my, you know, like, like just because I can't see them now, they're not working. Uh, you know, if what we have found, and now this isn't true for everybody, but we've actually seen a lot of our productivity increase uh, with, with people working from home on, in certain, certain areas. Uh, which has been really cool. We were tracking all that stuff before. We, we knew about it. It's been a constant cycle of communication in our office. But if you don't care about your productivity prior to working from home, now may be a good time to think about the overall strategy direction and what you're trying to do with that. But don't beat yourself up for not knowing the productivity of your employees as they work from home. Uh, as long as they're getting their job done in a reasonable amount of time, on some level, you have to be able to look back and say, okay, that's good. Uh, it's if this is new to your organization, working from home as a whole is new, then give your employees a little bit of grace, a little bit of slack because they're trying to figure it out as well. It's one thing to be, you know, I go home and I have four kids and I'm trying to, to work in my, in my office and my wife is wrangling kids around and they're wanting to go do X, Y, Z. And on top of that, we have the maintenance man coming to fix our ex, you know, whatever it may be. That's a different environment than I can come in here and, and shut my door and, and just get to work. Uh, and so you got to be able to have some grace with your employees when it comes to their own environment because it's different for everybody. Yeah, I, I think it, you know, it kind of goes off what type of leader are you, right? So are you inclined to be more micromanager? And does that resonate with your employees? Um, and so I'm a big believer in, you, you know, your leadership style has to change with your employees that you're, that you're leading. Um, you can't do a one size, one fits, uh, you know, one size fits all mentality. It just doesn't work. Got to be an adaptive leader. You've got to be adaptive. You've got to be agile. Um, and so to me, I mean, I, maybe I, I, I view it on the, uh, on a different prism, but if you didn't have something in set in place, you've got to go back to what the company is about. And maybe you don't have that value set in place. And so I, I, I think performance is great, but for, if you have performance standards that don't have the ability to accomplish the company's vision, values, and goals, then the performance standards are wrong. So you've got to figure out where we're going and then we can have everything lead to it. Sure, absolutely. What, you know, one of the things that we've talked about a lot is work from home or remote workforce, whatever you want to call it, hasn't necessarily created these problems for a lot of organizations. There, yeah, there's some that has created these problems, but for the most part, what I'm seeing is that this is just highlighting problems. This is, you know, the the work from home environment that's being forced because of the pandemic has put a, a spotlight and a magnifying glass on some of the issues these companies really may have tried to, you know, not worry about or not look at too much because it wasn't as important. Uh, and, and now it is, it's, it's on the forefront. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's important to recognize that these problems are some of the problems at least that are coming from working from home 
aren't work from home problems. Right. <laughs> They're organizational issues that haven't been addressed or haven't been fully addressed, uh, which isn't super uncommon. But now's a great time to, as you as these things have been brought to light, you see the cracks in the foundation, you see the holes in the wall. Now is a great time to take a little bit of, uh, of your resources and put towards getting these things addressed. Yeah, if, definitely if you have extra time in your hands to, to worry about how much time your employees are spending on Twitter, um, there's definitely better ways, <laughs> better uses yeah. of your time um, to not only benefit you and your team, but also to the organization. All right, I got one last question for you, and this is just a fun one. But how do you fire an employee over Zoom? What's what's the HR technique for firing an employee? Is, it, is that okay to do? Is that like bad leadership? How do you fire an employee or should you fire an employee over Zoom? Well, you, you, you've got to ask yourself, where are you on the protocol of, you know, are we bringing employees in or not? Um, and so if you're, you know, at a location or an industry or whatever that says, hey, we're still not very comfortable f- to bring our employees back and the performance shows that maybe they're just not part of the team right now, they've got a different skill set that somebody else is going to find viable and they're just not value added right now. All that has to, you know, HR is never black and white when it talks about employee relations, right? Law, yeah, black and white. We can talk all day long about that. But employee relations is always a little bit of gray. It always, the, the common answer that you that you get from HR is it depends, right? It's like a bunch of attorneys. A bunch of it attorneys. Depends. It depends. And the reason why I say that is there's really not a good way to say, hey, now that we're on Zoom, I'm going to fire you this way compared to you're in my office. That, that kind of is, it defeats the purpose of our conversation here. And, and what I say that from the very beginning, right? What we did on the remote shouldn't change because we've already had something set in place of what our normal policies and procedures are supposed to be. So just because we now are on Zoom doesn't mean that we change the way we fire somebody or reprimand somebody or encourage somebody. It's, it's that same kind of foundation that again, if you don't have policies and procedures put in place, you're, you're floundering right now. You're not really sure what to do because now this situation's come up and now you're over zoom. And the last thing we want you to do is, you know, send a Slack message and saying you're fired, right? We don't want you to do that in HR. Well, you do a text message, right? <laughs> don't come back. If, if you me the keys, if you've ever been dumped on text, right? Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and so it, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter because you're in your home. It shouldn't matter if you're in your office. The way you present yourself to an employee of performance improvement, on reprimand, on any kind of disciplinary action, including termination, shouldn't change just because you're you're now in a Zoom instead of in person. You know, it's going to be interesting to see out of out of this whole COVID issues and everything that's going on in the world, it's going to be interesting to see the long-term effects of what comes out of this in a positive manner, whether that is, uh, you know, seeing different types of employee engagement, seeing employers respond in different ways. For us, we deal with small businesses almost exclusively. And it has been fun just being able to sit back and see and have conversations with those business leaders to see how they're pivoting in their organization to, to handle the, the things that are coming up because of this that were in no way whatsoever expected. You know, it's, it's impossible to, to really prepare for a pandemic that's not in your how to be a business owner 101 guide. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see some of the things that come out of this. We, I ex- fully expect that to affect HR, the HR space in some way. Um, you know, we're, we're putting together this one step better 
uh, podcast to really help our business owners and, and, and key leaders understand how to to adjust and to, to respond to changes that they're seeing in their organization, which we're really excited about. We have uh, a, a new offering that's coming up next month uh, called the HR on-ramp that we're going to do some of the same type of stuff. Um, and that's how we're handling this. We want to be a resource to small businesses and their teams so that they can have somebody in their corner to be able to walk alongside them and say, look, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. Let's let's be a sounding board to come up with what's the best strategy, what's the best solutions. Work from home is going to be one of those things. And so uh, we're really excited to, to help our, our team and our, and our clients and our just the businesses that we interact with on an ongoing basis, walk through some of the challenges that they're experiencing as they do look out and see what is this new normal, which I know is the most overused buzzword in all of forever right now, <laughs> but what does that new normal look like? Because it's going to present challenges and it's going to present opportunities and small businesses are uniquely equipped to be able to handle that in the most effective way. So really excited that you join us today for our, for our podcast. Um, we're going to continue to do this. And so if you guys have certain things that you want us to address or questions, uh, I even think we have a way that you can even call in and talk to us, which will be kind of cool. Uh, we're going to turn this to a radio show, right? It's going to be a lot of fun. And so we would love to hear back from you. Give us your feedback. Give us your input. And if you have something that you want us to specifically address, please reach out and let us help you. Thanks for tuning in. Head over to works.com for webinars, blogs, and more content. That's works, W-H-I-R-K-S.com. See you next time.